The following audio is from the King's Chapel in Clifton, Virginia. For more information about our church or to listen to more sermons from this series, you can visit us online at thekingschapel.org. Okay, if you have your Bibles with you, I would have you turn to Ephesians. Can you all hear me okay? (laughs) Just kidding. Ephesians chapter 5. And, um, you know, as I do every time that I preach, I I want a level of intimacy with you with the Word. Um, I know you love me and you just can't get enough of me, and that's fine. Um, But I need you to be in love with the Word of God intimately so that the Word of God works you over in the inside and uh, you get to be a changed individual. I was talking to a pastor uh, just this morning and it was our consensus is that we, we don't just want to be another church here at the King's Chapel. You can find churches all over Northern Virginia. But I think when you find the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, it will be one filled with people who are making a difference in the church and outside of the church. Amen? And so that's what we want for this body of believers here. It would be us being faithful to the call of God. Uh, Matthew 28, 19, go and make disciples. And so that's the... G- the drill-down focus here uh, at the King's Chapel. Um, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you came this morning. And, and say it like you mean it. I mean, don't, don't just make it up. <laughs> anyway, Ephesians chapter 5. Let's go. We've got a, a lot of work to do here. And um, <clears throat> I want to lay a fairly long groundwork before I get into what uh, the Lord has put in my heart. It's some things that are very obvious to me. And I know if they're obvious to me, they have to be obvious to you as well, because you you live in the same culture that I live in, and we work and breathe and have our life going on in that culture. So let's turn and read. uh, Did I tell you Ephesians chapter 5? Okay, and let's just start. I was only going to read two verses, but I have decided I'm going to read the uh, a good bit of the whole chapter of, of, of Ephesians 5, and that'd be okay, wouldn't it? I mean, it's the Word of God. Okay, okay, here we go. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. But immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. And there must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this, you know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, and because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. When uh, That little phrase, disobedience, they are sons of disobedience. He's actually talking about unbelievers there. So you can differentiate between who you are and, and who he's speaking to in this, in this text. Verse 7, therefore, be, do, do not be partakers with them. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. That's worth underlining. Underlining. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret." 
But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. And verse 14 is where I want to pick up and land a little bit today. For this reason, it says, awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And so Paul has laid out a wonderful platform for us to launch into. And so uh, if you've been in places that I've been in, and I'm so thankful for this predominantly white crowd this morning, um, it is pretty clear to me that white people aren't woke. And so I want to lay a little foundation of believers who happen to be white, what it should look like for you people. No, no, no. What it should look like for us as believers. And I don't want anybody to get polarized or paralyzed in their life in this kingdom. And of course, now just don't get all shook up because I said white people. I'm speaking to everybody in this room because everybody in the kingdom of God, if that is how it looks in here, uh, we are not from this kingdom. We're from above. We're citizens. We're not just from above. We're citizens. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. So don't get hung up as to what color your skin is. Glory and, and, and rejoice in the fact that we are all from the kingdom of God if we truly know Jesus. Okay? And, and, and hopefully if you don't, if you're in this room this morning or even online and, 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 you, and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, please don't let this service end without reaching out to us. And so, when I set up the, the, the status on the culture, the culture is not the problem. Say that after me. The culture is not the problem. Okay, what did Jesus, I mean, what did God provide for the culture in the Old Testament? He provided Israel. Israel, who is likened to the church, should be the light and salt in the environments in which they live. But not so. Seemingly, the church wants to buy into a phrase that seems to be governing not just white people, but people, period. Uh, I was talking to someone the other day, and they said, I, I don't know whether to, to address you as black or Afro-American. That's too much head work right there. Yeah, that's way, and I, I have to say that person was in the church. This was a Christian. And that's why I want to liberate us into think, which, which is what the Word of God does. It liberates us. It sets us free. Uh, Galatians 5.1 says that it was for freedom that we were set free. Now, don't just sit there and listen to those words if that's not something that you embrace, that you don't know that you are free. If you don't know that you are free, you will never love me unconditionally. Because we were set free to love unconditionally. First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5, uh, Paul tells Timothy, he says that the, the whole goal of our instruction, the whole goal of teaching and, and encouraging you in the things of God is that we would love. That's the goal, love. Turn to your neighbor and say, I love you. I mean, if you, you know, say the right kind of love, if you know the person next to you, I mean, don't just, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he says, our goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart. Our heart has to be pure. The only way our heart can be pure is to put the word, in a God, word of God in it and let it cleanse us as we walk out that word. Yeah. And he said a sober spirit. A sober spirit. Uh, we might know that term sober. Does anybody not know what sober means? Uh, okay, let me ask another term. Does anybody know what drunk means? Yeah, okay, so you can get sober out of that. All right, so, so anyway, he says with a sober spirit, which means we can't take in all of this garbage that's flowing in the culture in our spirit and begin to let it drive us for how we think and have our being in this land because according to Paul, we should be crucified in Christ. It should no longer be us living but Christ living through us on a daily basis. Can you imagine a church that is allowing Christ to live through that church and how it wouldn't just tear up all of Clifton Road, uh, Braddock Road, I'm sorry, uh, Clifton, Centerville, Chantilly. We could cover a whole lot of ground if we could just be the light and soul of Christ. And then he says, a sincere and genuine faith. Sincere, and I'm just laying a little groundwork now, I'm gonna preach in a minute, but just a little sincere and genuine faith. I get so tired of, do you all ever smell the cologne of hypocrisy? No? Nobody in here? Okay. <laughs> okay. Wake up out there, people. Woke to what? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's a stench to God. If you watch Jesus and what he says to the Pharisees when he recognizes that cologne uh, uh, on the Pharisees, he, he says it's, 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 it's a stench. Not only is it a stench, it, even what they teach. So... In light of that, when I hear, and I'm, I'm, I am speaking to my white brothers and sisters because somehow uh, the, the, the culture, phrases, and narrative seems to have weakened, if you will, or an attempt to weaken, not you, not us, but it's a light and dark battle. It's a light and darkness battle. And you've got to be conscious of that every time, all the time, because if you're not the enemy will soak you up in a heartbeat. Uh, how many of you all have caught a headline and believed it? Only to find out a little bit later that the news pundit is apologizing for having given you incorrect information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens. It happens. Hey, hey, so, so in order for you to discover what's legit, you got to get truth. You've got to get the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So, so if we're going to be woke, and that's the scream of the culture, be woke. Woke to what is my question. If you're going to be woke to just a consciousness of what, uh, quote, another term that is just completely foolish, racial discrimination and injustice, if you're going to be just woke to that, you can get a lot of information in your life. Now listen, don't you pious people sit there and look at me like that. I'm trying to, I'm trying to loosen us up here so we can go be like Jesus out there. Amen? And so, and so, uh, uh, um, if we're going to be sensitive just to racial discrimination, and if you are believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, you ought to term, throw that term racial right out the window because it's not biblically legit. Tons of ethnicity, but there's only one race. And the moment that the culture has to deal with it being just a single race, then it throws everything that those narratives are about out the window. Because if you look around and see a lot of the evil and wickedness in our land today, you will find there's a whole lot of humanity out there that's jacked up. 
There are some black people out there that are jacked up. There are some white people out there that are jacked up. There are some uh, Hispanic people out there that are jacked up. Is anybody tracking with me here? Yeah, so, so, so you can't get caught up in, well, racial discrimination. It's human discrimination, if anything. Yeah, it's human discrimination. Um, um, I've said this before in here, and I'll say it again because it fits what I'm trying to get over to us this morning. I want you to be very intimate with what the Word of God says to you, not thinking about whether you are woke or not. Because woke didn't come out of the culture. Woke came out of the Word of God. We'll, we'll, we'll see that in a minute here. Or did we not just see it? He said, awake, O sleeper. Anyway, anyway, imagine that we have a huge vacuum cleaner has anybody heard my vacuum cleaner analogy before? Well, I'm going to tell you again whether you heard it or not. Huge vacuum cleaner. The only person that can build that vacuum cleaner is NASA because they have the funds and ability and gifting to be able to build a big vacuum cleaner, globe-sized vacuum cleaner. If we turn that vacuum cleaner on and we turn that lever to white people and we suck every white person known to mankind off the face of this earth, will that not mean to all of us that our problems are solved? Don't get quiet on me now. Come on. No. And incidentally, that lever has uh, black people, Asian people, Hispanic, any ethnicity you want on there. And just take them off. We've got human problems. But the only way that we can be awake is in Christ. He is the one that calls us to come out of darkness into light, according to Colossians 1.13. He, he, he rescued us from darkness, and he transferred us into the light of the Son of, of his love. And so, and so, we can't go by what the culture says and what the culture dictates. I am so sick and tired of the culture telling the church how to live, I could just throw up. Aren't you tired of that? Hey, hey when they lead out with this phrase, hey, aren't you supposed to be a Christian? Now, if you are doing jacked up stuff, that's a fair question. Yeah, don't be out there embarrassing me. <laughs> no, don't be out there embarrassing the Lord by acting the fool and, and, and they bring that question to you. But don't let the question tell, because the culture can't tell you how to love. The only way you can learn unconditional love is you have to be taught it by the Word of God and the Spirit of God. That's where I learned to love unconditionally. And the first example of my unconditional love, when I was such a, uh, a, I mean, an infant Christian, I mean, I mean, I'm just fresh out of the womb. And then for whatever reason, God saw fit to put that woman in my life. And it was actually the first taste of unconditional love I had ever known in my life outside of a mother's love. You know, you get that, right? Um, um, but, but in terms of walking, living love unconditionally, what do I have to do? Most of you in here, uh, uh, you, 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 you become performers. You become men pleasers. You don't need to do that. Not in Christ. You got one person in your audience. And you know what he said about you? If you look in Genesis 1.31, he says, uh, as he was completing all of creation, he said, I am very pleased. Very pleased. This is very good what I've just done. Very good. And so if we see ourselves as God sees us, then that's how we must live. Stop coming to church just on Sunday morning and thinking that's going to do it. It's not. There's a dying, there are dying churches and a dying culture just outside our door. And it is at the fight of this pastoral staff to ensure that it doesn't happen in here. We want the life of Christ robust, vibrant in here. And the only way it can be vibrant in here is how? That's right. 
you must be vibrant. Vibrant. Turn to your neighbor and say, I love you. You are looking too uh, stressed out here. I don't want you to be stressed out. I just want you to hear the Word of God. Okay, so let's get to this. What, what, what is all the fuss about, Pastor Milton? Okay, so when I hear the culture say we got to be woke, just this past week, uh, any of you all in the sports arena would have recognized that there was a man that was heavily charged $100,000 because he made some comments, it didn't set well in the culture, and the culture determined what his penalty would be before the penalty came out that he needed to be addressed. Now listen, I don't, have, I don't weigh into that one way or the other. That's not important to me. What I recognize is that the culture telling us as a church how we should live. But if we're living unconditional love with one another, what would happen if unconditional love would break out in here? What would that look like? Oh my Lord, what if you hugged someone that you wouldn't even speak to on a normal basis? Uh-oh, don't get quiet on me now. I'm just asking. Yeah, my goodness gracious. Unconditional love is an amazing, powerful thing. It's life. Jesus says in John 6, 63, he says, the words I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Spirit and life. And I look for that. I long for that. Uh, I don't need legislation. I don't need policies to tell me how to love you. Milton, do you recognize I'm white? I don't care what color you are. You can get unconditional love because John 3, 16 says that God gave it to all of us who believe. And I was foolish enough to believe. You know what? We're talking about uh, uh, white people being what We can't even love our own kind, much less other kinds. Somebody say amen if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, where should that start? It should start right here in this building. You all have been blessed. And I happen to be a part of that, so I'm not trying to be arrogant here. But you all have been blessed with ministers, pastors here, and staff here that love you. I get to sit in staff meetings on a consistent basis and see ministry from the heart of people, not just something to check the box. And you know, when that ministry is applied, it should manifest in the people out there. Oh, don't get quiet on me now. Say, if you, when you get quiet, it's like saying amen. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so, okay. What's the address to this? How do you know whether you are awake or not? And the only way you're going to discover that is from God's template, God's instruction, God's way. There's no book you can read. I don't care how many consonants they have behind their name. There's no book you can read that can teach you how to love unconditionally. Love as Christ loved, as this text laid out, be imitators of God. So, so, so what I did, I did a little acrostic. I mean, you'll love this because you, you're going to see how bright I am, but, but not me. So listen, so first of all, let's start with the acrostic. We're going to start with W. I thought we would just take woke and let me go right down that. And I want you to embrace this from the biblical side. Don't even mix the two. Listen, brothers and sisters, Jesus prayed for us in John 17. And he says, I have kept them while I walked this earth. I kept them. Now I'm coming to you. Keep them in your name. So the charge is, we're insulated, but he didn't call us to be isolated. Yeah, well, let me preach over here because y'all seem like y'all listening. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're insulated by the love and the cause of Christ, but we're not isolated from the world we live in. So, so in light of that, what does that look like before God? Because he's the only one that's watching. Paul says in Galatians 1.10, he says, if I, <laughs> if I were a man pleaser, I wouldn't be a bondservant. You got to figure out whether you're going to be a bondservant or a man pleaser. How can you let somebody tell you 
to shut up and they don't even know you. And you don't even have to use words to open your mouth. All you have to do is exist with the love of grace. You want to test that theory? Put Jesus on your shirt. Just go and sit in the workplace with Jesus on. I love Jesus' shirt on. You won't even have to open your mouth. And I guarantee you, you're going to get two people coming to you. One, one type person will come and hug and love you. They'll love the snot out of you. And the other people will hate your guts. Because that's all we got around us. Some of you don't even have to go to work. You can just be at home. <laughs> Someone say amen if you know what I'm talking about. Okay, okay, here we go. Woke. Let's look at John 4:24. If we want to understand what, what it means to be awake, the charge is from God. It's not from the culture. Uh, Jesus himself says, true worshipers are those who worship him in spirit and in truth. You get the word of God, which is truth, and you allow the Holy Spirit to live it through your spirit. Spirit and truth. We think sometimes when we sing songs, that's all it requires. Or we raise our arms and, and, and hands, and, and, and that's all we need. But no, 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 let me say this to you. No, 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 no. In spirit and truth, worshiping doesn't stop on Sunday at 11, 30, 12, or whatever time I get done here today. No, it doesn't stop then. It, it actually is supposed to be nonstop. We won't go to it right now, but Romans 12, 1, he says, this is your reasonable act of worship, of service unto God, is that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Yeah, that's worship. Worship ongoing 24-7. We worship at home. We worship at work. We worship in the Walmart line. We worship in the church. Worship is not a song. Worship is a life that's singing a song. Yeah, okay, okay. So, 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 so Jesus says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Take that examination on your own heart and see if you're living Jesus. See if you even have him in your life in that way, in spirit and in truth. Then we take the O. Uh, you all are not sure I can spell woke. Uh, uh, anyway, anyway, uh, we take the O. The O is for obedience. It is the pillar of kingdom living, obedience. If you do not obey the word of God, I'm here to tell you, you do not love God. Because, he says, he who has my commandments and obeys them, he is the one that loves me. And he who loves me, my father and I will come and we will make our abode with him. He will abide. We have the, if, you, if, you, if you have a discipline in your life to live the Word of God out by being obedient to it, you know, you've heard the phrase, I just can't love that brother. That brother's jacked up. I just can't love that sister. She is just, no, no, no. It's not a matter I can't. It is I won't. Because God called us too, and he would never tell us to do something that we, that, that's impossible. Yeah, yeah. But Jesus said for me in John 15, 5, he says, apart from me, you can do Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. So, so there are some uh, potentially unlovable people there, but John 3.16 covers everybody. Okay. Okay. So, obey. We got the W, we got the O. Well, what about the K? The K is huge in this because some of you all have been with one another for eons, and you don't know one another. You don't know one another. 
Oh, John says, the disciple that loved him says, uh, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit, large S, capital S, Holy Spirit. Uh, we were sealed, you know, write it down, but uh, Ephesians 1, 13, sealed by the Holy Spirit when we believed. Sealed by it. God deposited the Holy Spirit in us. And it is the Spirit who leads us and guides us into all truth, according to John 16 and 11, 12, 13. You know, he leads and God, he doesn't have his own agenda, so he's waiting for the Word. The Word gets in us. The Holy Spirit leads us by the Word. Men, I want you to know that uh, the enemy is always uh, headhunting in a different way. And if he can keep you out of the Word of God and keep the Word of God out of you, he is being successful. And I say men only because we are overseers. And we have to function in spirit and truth with our loved ones, uh, in the workplace, wherever it is we go. If you're a man, raise your hand. See how easy that was? <laughs> Remember in Matthew 7, Jesus says, Away from me, you evildoers. But he said, Lord, didn't we cast out demons? Didn't we lay hands on the sick? Didn't we do some great things in your presence? Jesus says, I never knew you. Paul emphasizes it more over in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10 when he says, Oh, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. And check this out, the fellowship of his sufferings. If you're in here today and you're white, how many white people are here today? Nobody in Christendom would ask that question from a pulpit, but I just did. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and you know what? Some of you raised your hand. That's an amazing thing. Listen, 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 listen. Your intimacy with the Lord Jesus Christ should be what drives you in any environment that you're light and salt in. And it begins at home. It begins at home. But anywhere else you go, the Holy Spirit is, should, should be driving you as light and salt where you are. And nobody should shut you down even if you don't open your mouth. They can take insults at you, but they can't take your soul. Your soul has already been given to the Lord Jesus Christ. Live it from that way. Don't be intimidated. We haven't been given a spirit of fear. That doesn't come from God. What is the fear? Most of you don't even know what the fear is, except, boy, if I say the wrong thing, then somebody's going to haul me down to the jail. Well, praise God, just go. I mean, don't intentionally say the wrong thing. If you say intentionally the wrong, you deserve to go. But I'm saying, if you're just... If it's just, look what they did to Jesus said. If they persecuted me, if they called me Belshazzar, what in the world do you think they're going to do to you? It's a part of being in Christ. But you know what? He keeps us. So, so, so to know him, to know him. Ah, the apostle says over in John 6, 69, I believe it is. He says, he, he says Lord, where are we? Jesus says, do you want to leave me too? He says, Lord, where are we going? You're the only one that has the keys to life, if you will. He says, and we believe and have come to know. And we believe and have come to know. We believe and have come to know. Some people have just believed, but they've never come to know because to come to know means you've got to walk with him. You've got to be intimate with him. You've got to have those engaging relationship moments with him. Hey, you should be able to smell the warmth of his breath when you're hanging out with him. I mean, we should be getting that close to the word because guess what? The word is that close to us. How many of you will believe God sees you every day? Every day. How many of you will see him every day? 
Don't raise your hand. Okay, here we go. So we got the W, we got the O, we got the K. Here's the thing that angers and balances it all. Be eternal-minded 24-7. Eternal-minded. Do you know how easy it is to get your thoughts distracted and be placed on, on, on worldly things? Not you all, but you may know some other Christian people who might be distracted and get their mind on worldly things. I don't mean in here, but I mean just other churches. Do you know how easy it is to be distracted from the Word? And that's the enemy's intent. He doesn't want to spend like thousands of hours with you. He just wants to have one little corrupted conversation with you so he can plan a little thought. How many of you all have lived off of a thought that was erroneous and it drove you for so many years until you, even when you found out it was different, you still held on to that corrupted thought? Somebody said, yeah, if a brother, I appreciate you raising your hand. Because yeah, that, we, we do that. That's human. That's human nature stuff. Oh, we're riding off of that right now in our culture, whereby we're letting thoughts of the history and tradition of this land foster and generate and drive a lot of our behaviors in this land. But I'm here to tell you, because of Jesus Christ, we have been set free from that garbage, and you don't have to live like, and if you're living like it was years ago, woe on you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that blood on the cross, too expensive for us to live like we're living. Way too expensive. But you know what? That was loving drips of blood, loving drops of blood that wants to govern and commandeer our lives. Why? What, because he wants robots? No. You ever seen somebody try to make up a love for you? Pretend to be loving? Be eternally minded. Colossians 3, 2 says, set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. All of this culture mess that we're dealing with now is on the earth. We're supposed to get our instructions from above because our minds are stayed on him. Set your mind. Setting your mind. Set your mind. It's an ongoing experience. And I pray that we won't leave this place today without making that adjustment in our thinking and governing our hearts so that we can live out what truly being woke is. And so if you get the W-O and the K and E, you put it all together. Let me just say this, just before we bounce off of that. Over in Matthew 16, and I think about verse 18, Jesus has to address Peter. He says, Peter, you are a stumbling block to me because you do not have your mind on the Father's interest, but on man. And I want to speak to you in here today. I don't care what color you are. Put your mind on the things of God so that we can live out what's important to God. As the praise team is coming, I want you to stand right where you are because some of you all need to unload some stuff here this morning. So we'll do this a little bit different. If you will, stand. Uh, praise team, I'm going to need you to uh, break out in a sprint, if you will. <laughs> and I want us to be intimate in this moment. I want us to, to really lay it out before God. And, and, and don't be offended if, if, if you were when I, when I said white people, because this, this applies to all of us. The Word of God is not a respective person. It's not partial. But I want us to bow our heads, and I want us to talk to the Lord. And then you can make up your mind from there. Father God, we do thank you and give you praise for this moment that you've given us. Lord, a moment to come before you, to come to what is your uh, spiritual throne right now, Lord God, and allow us to lay our cares before you. That thing 
and those things that hinder us from glorifying you in how we live before others. And so, Father, right now we ask for your boldness and your strength and your power to love, to love. And so, Father, we do thank you and we give you praise for the testimonies that will come out of your word that has gone forward today of how it has changed the heart, set them free to be liberated and to live as light and salt in this land. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.